Welcome to Real Tech Hours, the podcast where we talk about tech during real tech hours. So it is Wednesday, an interesting upload. Sorry for missing Monday. Totally my fault. Completely forgot about it. I was just so busy with a bunch of class projects that I completely skipped over the Monday episode. But here we are on Wednesday, and to make up for it, we're going to have an episode tomorrow in between Friday's episode. So, so a little bit on the schedule before we really get into today's podcast. Today is going to be the scheduled podcast for Monday. We're going to talk a lot about Apple again. Uh, we've been talking a lot about Apple recently in these in these podcasts. A huge focus so far since the start of the podcast has been Apple. Um, even though the, one of my, I guess I could say least favorite companies, they're one of my more favorite companies now though because I, I really started to focus on their marketing department. They're absolutely fantastic. Raw Dog Savage is over there doing some absolute savage work. They're flawlessly executing every single thing. And that we're going to talk a lot about that today, so I don't want to get too much into it. But just a big focus on Apple. There's going to be a, I'm going to have a big focus on Google following this event. That's probably who we're going to switch gears and shift into is, is focusing on Google, looking at the future of Google, and what they're going to say after this uh, next Tuesday. So really look forward to not this coming Friday, but next Friday's podcast. That's really where it's going to be at. At the big breakdown, unless unless the event is insane, and then I post another Wednesday one, I cut some time out here and uh, do something on Wednesday. So in terms of schedule this week, we've got today's upload, just going to be Mondays. We've got tomorrow is going to be a catch-up, kind of what Friday would have been, uh, to like cover all the stories that we've missed throughout the whole week, cover everything that we would have covered potentially on Monday, as well as everything that we are going to cover on Friday. Uh, and then Friday will just be a nice little short one, most likely, talking again. If something happened between Thursday and Friday, I highly doubt it. But, you know, an article comes up, something breaks, we'll throw it in there. But really what we're going to focus on is looking forward to that Google event, give a little kind of updates, some just talk in general about what we expect to see, what the recent leaks have been, what's what are we what are we kind of looking at here in terms of, you know, what are they going to release, what are they really going to announce, what are the price points going to be, what's the changes, that kind of thing. So let's get into it. So today, as I said, we're going to take an in-depth look at Apple. We have previously looked at their marketing efforts and the iPhone 11 news, but today will be much more inclusive of like their enti- of their entire company. So as always, if you have a question, comment, topic you want to see discussed, or you just want to reach out, send an email to realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com. That is realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow this podcast on Twitter at realtechhours to stay up to date with this podcast. Now that we got all that out of the way, you know, follow us on Twitter, hit us up in the email. Let's let's just jump straight into it. So, recently, for those of you who don't know, I am a marketing student currently at the UCF or the University of Central Florida UCF under construction forever, whatever you want to call it. And I'm really into my major specific classes now in my last two semesters. And for one of my group projects in one of my classes, the services marketing class, which is basically how do companies market services like their iCloud or like the new Apple TV Plus or like Netflix or like Amazon Prime? How do, how does, how do companies market those and, and why are they becoming more important? That's really what the class focuses on. So for that, we had to make a special topic presentation. We chose Apple. Initially, we are going to do uh, White Claw and LaCroix, like lifestyle brands, but that didn't really pan out too well in terms of being able to uh, come up with a, a service presentation. At least that would be interesting, as interesting as as Apple. So what what did we do? We we looked specifically at Apple's shifts from focusing on selling devices to focusing on selling services because clearly no longer they're they're not a device leader. They're not they're not an innovation 
leader. I think the last time they led any innovation was, was with the notch, and they've released, what, what do we have, three, we have two devices in between them. We're going to have a third. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But, I, so, actually, technically, we've had the X, then we had the, or sorry, the 10. We had the 10R, so slightly after this is 1. We had the 10S and the 10S Max, that's 2. And then we've had the 11, the 11 Pro, and the 11 Pro Max, so that's 3. So we're technically going to have 4, if this rumor's right. There's a rumor that they're going to be launching another one in the spring, but as I said, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna hold on to that for a second, get through this presentation, and then talk about that. So what are they doing? Well, they're reacting to the current market conditions, so I've got a couple, a couple of graphs here. Obviously, I can't show you some graphs, but I can, I can kind of try to describe them to you. So overall, in the smartphone market, sales are slowing down everybody knows this this is widely known it's it's not something new it's it's just happening phones people are buying less phones people are holding on to their phones longer people are switching brands less so people who have samsung phones are sticking with samsung people have huawei phones sticking with huawei people have apple phones sticking with apple but what is happening in the market in terms of growth so obviously people are still buying smartphones and there's still some growth in some sectors it's just that Apple is not realizing that growth. So in the worldwide of the top five companies that are producing devices, we've got uh, five five pretty big names. You've got Samsung, Huawei, Apple. Those are those are three of the biggest. We got Xiaomi, Vivo, and Oppo. They're also coming in, you know, pretty hot on the heels. Uh, this is from the IDC, they do some analysis of the of different marketplaces. I pulled these numbers from them. So I don't have specific numbers, but I do have a graph here because you had to pay for the numbers, you know, whatever, paywalls, all that kinds of fun stuff. But anyways, the, the graph that they have here shows the market share per company based on the quarter of the year. It starts at 2018 quarter one, and it goes all the way up to this year, 2019 quarter one. And really what it shows is while everybody else is either staying the same or slightly increasing with the exception of Samsung and Huawei increasing their market share. Apple is decreasing in market share. Now, now are people moving away from the iPhone? Like what's going on here? If you look if you just look at this graph, you'd think Apple is losing paying people or paying customers that you think people are switching away from iPhones. Now, while people are still moving in between brands, what really is happening here is is less people are buying iPhones as their first iPhone or as a phone in general, and they're sticking on the Android side. Because in the areas where their growth, Apple is not competitive, like we've talked about with India. India is a smartphone market. You have to, you, you want to be there? You got to pay to play, essentially. You have to have that the budget device with the flagship specs. You know, you got to bring down the Snapdragon 855 to a $500, $400 device. You have to have the, ooh, that was weird. <laughs> that was weird breathing. You got to have 8 gigs of RAM down at the 400 price range. You got to have the 90 hertz display at the 600 price range. You got to have AMOLEDs in the $300 price range. You, and you got to bring all these things downward. Or you have to at least have a device that will appeal to that population in, in the budget that they're looking for and in the budget they expected. Like over there in India, we, here, here in the United States, we consider Apple to, and Apple and the high-end Samsungs to be the luxury devices, right? And Apple really specifically as, as a luxury device because it's, the price points have so climbed so high throughout the years. Um, but over there in India, a device like OnePlus coming in at 669 or $600, that is a luxury device. That's, a, that's an expensive purchase, and that's a flagship level purchase for them just because the 
purchasing power is so much lower there. It's such a difference in economies that you have to take these things into account. And so because the year-over-year smartphone sales growth are slowing, they've slowed down to 6.6% uh, per year, actually slightly lower than that tracking for this year. So last year appears to be negative. And this year appears to be slightly positive. So last year appeared to, to have a negative growth of uh, about two, just two, two point five percent globally, and even steeper, four point two percent in the U.S. And then this year we're slightly tracking to to go positive again, and then have a, a slow decline. So this year it looks like it's going to be round about two point three globally and two percent in the U.S. in terms of year over year growth. And so those numbers are not fantastic, right? They're not nobody nobody's being helped helped by those. And so just to see some more specifics for the Indian market to get it to get a better idea of what's kind of occurring in these growth markets, we can take a look at who is shipping devices to these markets, their market share in that current quarter, and their year over year unit changes. So that, like how many are they selling in the current in 2019 quarter two versus 2018 quarter two obviously quarter three just closed but this was made when the quarter two uh, numbers were made available so if we look in 2019 quarter two xiaomi comes in at top with 10.4 million smartphones shipped they have a 28.3 percent market share pretty high over a fifth of the shipments and they had a uh, they had 10 million in the 2018 quarter two, so their overall market share in qu quarter two 2018 was 29.7%. So they slightly declined in quarter in market share because other competitors are stepping up, and their year-over-year -year unit change did increase. So they sold, they shipped 0.4 million. So they shipped 400,000 more phones than they did in the previous year compared to the previous year. In second place, we have Samsung with 9.3, Vivo comes in third with 5.6, Oppo 3.6, and Realme 2.8. Everybody else falls under the other category of 5.1. So how is the other category, which is where we would assume Apple is, compared to these other five? Their year-over-year -year unit sales are negative. They're negative 39.1%. They in the other category, all those companies combined shipped 8.4 million devices in quarter two 2018, whereas in quarter two 2019, they shipped 5.1 million. That's 3.3 million difference between the two quarters, with this quarter being higher. So in quarter two 2019, the total was 36.9 million shipped to India, whereas in quarter two 2018, it's 3.35 million shipped to India. So while that market is increasing, Everybody in this other category is heavily, heavily decreasing. And think about that. Just spreading out 3 million devices, 3 million less devices shipping over Lord knows how many companies fall into this other section. You know, they didn't mention OnePlus. They didn't mention Apple. They didn't mention uh, Nokia. Those There's three big names in the space that they didn't even mention. And I'm sure there are plenty more, even some locals to India, which we probably don't have here just see that they're heavily dec declining in these growth sectors they really got to do some changes so what are they doing they're shifting services and so how does that work you know is it doing any good for them or or what kind of services do we got so first let's look at some some revenue numbers so 
they reported 11.45 billion in services revenue for its second quarter of 2019. That's the same quarter we were looking at in terms of the phone shipments. So their reported services margin, so how much money they make, so the, the revenue minus the expenditures comes in at 63.8%. So 63.8% of the money they bring in from services makes them money, like it, like it's profit. And the services now account for 20% of Apple's revenue. That's that's pretty crazy. So their quarterly services revenue is just on a skyrocketing scale. So if we look back in quarter one of 17, it's at 7.17 billion. And if we look forward to quarter to 2019, it's at 11.45 billion. It just constant up. And it's increasingly becoming a bigger and bigger chunk of the pie of their revenue stream in total. So their total revenue stream, quarter three, 2019, it's the most recent quarter, 53.81 billion. So they made $53.81 billion in revenue in one quarter. 48% of that is iPhones, while 21% of that is services. Now, if you look back in quarter three, it wouldn't have even been close to that 21%. It would have been much closer to... Uh, here they have it listed as in 2013 quarter one 3.7 billion so I could only assume that it would be they'd be round about the same in terms of total in terms of total revenue so if we just assume they made 50 billion quarter we divide that by three it gets 16.6 percent so that is a huge 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 jump in terms of the revenue makeup that's that's like ridiculous so what are the some of the services they offer obviously they've got siri they've got apple care if you buy the device it, it's a or if you buy the device and you damage it you can go and get a repair they have maps they have apple pay itunes updates so now it's apple music and apple podcast they broke them all up and uh, all those fun stuff. So they've got that the App Store, and then they have iCloud, and then they license their brand. But but really, what are they going to start focusing on here? So a couple of the new services they announced. You've got Apple TV Plus. So Apple TV Plus is going to be a Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus competitor. But they're going to have their own program. So it starts in November first, and they are launching with a massive budget, six billion dollars for these nine programs that is next level that's that's crazy that's crazy that's almost that's almost what netflix was dumping into their original programming back in in 2018 i believe it was the, either the begin the beginning of 2018 or the end of 2019 they were putting in about four billion it was only double what amazon was putting in at that point it is somewhere around there i don't remember the specific date when i knew that they were putting in four billion but even then, Netflix was still a fairly older company. They hadn't just started. Apple TV Plus isn't even out yet, and they're already putting $6 billion into it. Like, they are planning on making this huge bank. And one of the good things, actually, about waiting till today to do this was that yesterday, Scott Galloway, one of my all-time favorites, huge, huge, huge market predictor, I looked to him for insights on all these different things. He focuses heavily on the four 
the Google, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon. He loves B2C companies, it's business to consumer companies, for those of you who don't know. And one of the things that he said was is that Apple TV is going to be a huge win, and I can definitely see that happening. So it, it's certainly going to be something interesting to see to watch, to see how many people they start raking in. They also have Apple News Plus, so it's now it's a giant news outlet. They have over 300 cover-to-cover -cover publications, and this was released actually back in March, so in their spring event. And it's $9.99 per person, so you could have all these huge magazines. You could get GQ, you can get... Um, things like Vanity Fair, you can get, you know, some big name publications out in the space that you'd normally see and you'd buy like one of them at the store, you can get all of them for 10 bucks a month. That's just crazy. And so one of the other things I guess we can quickly mention is they're also renovating their Apple stores. So a lot of the Apple stores have gone under renovation recently the one here in florida out in altamont springs i haven't taken a look at it myself but it apparently has gone through renovation they bought the the store that was next to them and now it's double the size and they added an area where they can give these uh, uh presentations i guess what you call it to the people who come into their store about how to use their services or how to you know, better interact with the device, or teaching them some photography tips, or showing some music, or, or something like that. It's basically educational sessions, and they just host them in the store, and they have trained associates there doing this, giving these presentations to the people who are sitting here. Like in the picture that I have here, they just have some wooden block chairs kind of scattered around. This guy's standing up. They've got a giant presentation wall. It's a giant screen on the wall, and he's just tapping around on it, showing them different things. And, you know, people just learn. They just come into the store to learn because that's, that's really what the, the retail sector shifted to is it's no longer to go and buy the products. It's to go and connect with a person and get insights and experience from these knowledgeable people in this space. You don't go to Best Buy to, you know, try to figure out what you're going to buy. You go to Best Buy because you want somebody to help you who's knowledgeable in the space that you may not be knowledgeable in. Like, if I go to Best Buy and I have not, no idea about sound bars for TVs, I'm going to go see somebody in the home theater section and be like, hey, you know, there's all these sound bars, but, but are they really different? You know, you got you got your different channels, you got 7.1 versus 5.1, you know, virtual surround sound, actual surround sound, what's the difference? You know, help me out here. And so that kind of personal connection there is really what, what's going to differentiate these companies. Like Best Buy saw a huge bounce back when they shifted their stores to focusing on the experience in stores, to focusing and investing in human capital versus uh, investing in just selling these products. And they've really bounced it back around. So it's really going to be interesting to see, you know, how well these Apple Store play out. And, I, and, and I'm sure they're going to play out absolutely fantastic. So there's no doubt in my mind that, that they're making a big move. And so finally, you know, for the for the end of our presentation, we had to have some, some managerial implications of what it's called. So what, what can we take away from this information? And where could you see Apple going in the future? What, what could something... What could be something that they could do with this knowledge? And so one of the things is one of Scott Galloway's predictions. I'm going to mention him again. I'm going to name drop this guy half a million times throughout the rest of the podcast. You just got to get used to it. Absolutely fantastic. I'm going to leave his a link to his YouTube channel down below, uh, specifically this video, so you guys can go and watch it. Uh, he talks about 
uh, a little bit about some recurring revenue bundles or rundles as he likes to call them, which are basically things like Amazon Prime and I, yeah, I guess the best example is Amazon Prime where you, you get a bunch of things under one price point for throughout the whole year and so, you know you get the two day shipping you get the prime video and you can get the all the other services that come pre-built into that for for free essentially when you when you pay the big price so he comes in and he says uh he, he says that this is the, the moving into the future is getting people to pay the annual subscription you know you got netflix paying your monthly subscription you got hulu you got spotify you got apple uh music you got uh, internet, basically. I mean, all of these different things are trying to move into the recurring revenue, and it's one of the places for the biggest growth. So he predicts that that's where Apple is going. He's going to say, uh, you know, they just send you the latest. In this, the the video that I'm going to link, he says, you know, send me the latest device you release. You know, the Mac, the Pods, the iPhone, the iPad, the Mac Air, whatever, with the streaming services like give me the the news and the apple tv and the apple music all for one price and i just pay that monthly a new device comes out i send the old device back and i get the new device and i just continue to pay the monthly price so you pay like 50 bucks or you pay 100 bucks he says 50 in the video 50 is just kind of a just a throw around number if it's going to be something higher it'll definitely be something higher because 50 bucks a month for all those devices I don't see that happening. I could see maybe 100, 150. That could that could be more in a reasonable range. Obviously, it's going to be relatively high for consumers. But if once they once they do the the once they do the math there, I think they'll see that it, that's a relatively it'll be a relatively good deal. I think Apple will throw something in there that'll be that'll be a fairly decent price point at least. But, you know, and, and then his latest video, he did a hot take yesterday, like I was saying, where he talked a lot about Apple and where they're moving in the future. And he once again restated the the bundle idea for Apple. And he, But this time he f specifically focused on Apple doing a bundle of just some of their services. So he said uh, Apple Music, Apple TV, Apple News, uh, Apple Care for the device, and one more. Oh, man, Apple Arcade, that's what it is, the new arcade app. He said all five of those would be thrown into a bundle. You'd see it coming soon, and that's probably going to be the like little test in the market. But I, I think that's a little too much. I don't see uh, – he did throw out the number out there that they have 420 million people who are paying monthly subscriptions for these services compared to Netflix, which is around 120 million, and Spotify, which I think was 111, 101 million. So they could easily four times the size of any of these companies instantly create a giant bundle that would be the second best, that would be the, the computer to Amazon's Prime. Because Prime is gigantic. Prime's huge. Prime's huge. It's the biggest uh, revenue bundle. It's the biggest run it's the biggest rundle i guess i'm just gonna say rundle because <laughs> trying to say recurring revenue bundle every single time is, is ridiculous and i love the word rundle it's it's so funny um he he talks about it in one of those podcasts as well back he said uh it sounds like something uh oh man who did he say amish people do on their wedding night they were rundle <laughs> i thought that's so funny but but anyway so the Amazon Prime Rundle is is gigantic. One of the biggest rundles with the highest subscriber count 
people pay m loads of money for that, and it basically subsidizes a lot of what Amazon does. That and, and Amazon Web Services AWS is a monster company to subsidize a lot of what they, a lot of the losses they take on in terms of like shipping and things like that. But anyway, so he, so he came back with the, the five item bundle, the the different services, and I, I think I still think that's a little too many. I think or a little, a little or too many services in. In one bundle, I think Apple is going to go for something smaller. I think they're going to go with the news, the TV, and the music. Give me all my mainstream entertainment for one price a month. See how that goes. Test the markets. Feel it out. Because Apple Arcade, I just don't see it as being a big player uh, right now, at least, with just having those games that they have on there. And some of them are just you know one-time playthroughs. And you're done in a couple of hours. And it's like I'm paying five bucks a month for this one-time playthrough of this game that I'm never going to touch again. Whereas you have Play Store, which it's 350 plus apps, a lot, some productivity, some game, and they're constantly adding. It's a lot of games actually right now. If you look at it, very few productivity apps. But I think down the line, when they continue to add apps to it, I think it'll be more compelling offer. But nonetheless, they have all those different apps in there that people can actually use over and over and over and over again and get the most out of their money every single month versus just playing this game one time and paying five bucks a month for the rest of your life for it. I don't see it I don't see it happening. It's not a very compelling offer as it as it stands right now. And so I think that that's not gonna make the cut. Maybe it does make the cut just because it's so un it's just so lacking i guess i guess for lack of a better word it's it's so lacking in the in the content department that they just throw it on there as one of the free ones and they don't even they don't even include it in the overall price um so that would definitely be that's probably that's most likely what i'm going to look forward to here and and seeing them announce pretty soon so so then we have an article here just a really quick cover from an update to the Apple Card, Goldman Sachs, giving a little clap back. My computer is doing a little bit of a lag fest. Goldman Sachs reported they spent $300 million developing the Apple Card. Then Apple boasted that it was created by Apple, not a bank. So Goldman conceded, apparently, according to this report, Goldman conceded a lot uh, to Apple's demands, such as scrapping late fees and not selling customer data, and it agreed to use its signature font and simplify their customers' monthly statements. So a lot of this comes from a report by Mark, by Business Insider. Uh, apparently, Goldman Sachs making a lot of sacrifices, uh, not just in terms of the way they operate, but in terms of the way they even make revenue from... Uh, late fees and not selling the cu the customer data. So that's that's pretty crazy, you know. They got Apple really out here throwing their weight around, and this card is is making moves, and people are people are picking it up. And it's just kind of interesting to see like this come out from Goldman Sachs to just kind of see the market power that Apple is capable of wielding in these places where they can go to these big companies and say, this is how you want the card to be done. So you'll either do it or you won't, and we'll go to somebody else. And obviously they did it, and they didn't go to somebody else. 
Um, just kind of a little interesting article to throw in there. So uh, apparently we've got some iPhone 12 renders hitting the market the, for 2020. And honestly, they go. They look like they're. They look like a throwback. I'm not even gonna lie. They look like they throwback to the to the boxy design that we had back with the, the start of the iPhone 6. I think is what they said. I think. Indeed, the form factor initially introduced on iPhone 6. Oh, sorry, no. The iPhone. Uh. iPhone 4. I don't know. I don't know. Frick. Let me look. iPhone 6. Yeah, but it, it's the more the boxy design. If you know what I'm talking about, they've got the they've got the. Uh, oh yeah, the six is really when they introduce the lines. Yeah. Okay. So the four. Back to the four and the and the five S. I think is what it said. Oops. It is this one. The 5S, yes. So the 4 and the 5, the iPhone 4 and the iPhone 5S, if you look up some pictures of those, or if you remember, it's got the boxy design and that the edges are really uh, sharp and well-defined. It looks like they have the same uh, matte glass back with the three cameras like the iPhone 11 Pro has now with an all-screen display, slight be bezels around the edges. And honestly, it looks pretty interesting. They have still some physical buttons on the side, so they're not getting rid of those. The alert slider, the power button, the, the volume up and down rocker. Um, so they definitely have some some interesting interesting renders, some pretty pretty big size differences too here in, on the renders. And apparently the face ID and all those little camera sensors get housed and get get smaller. They they squish them into this top bezel, which looks to be honestly looks as thick as the current bezel is now on the other iPhones. I'm going to go, I'm going to say it's like the 10R because I know people said the 10R bezel was thicker than the uh, than the 10S and the 10S Max and the 10 and and then the current one I'm assuming now just just to cut back on the screen real estate, but it it does look fairly thick in these in these photos. It's 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 fairly sizable. It's even all the way around. I will mention that. So it does look nice, but it's fairly thick, I have to say. But I'm sure it's to house those sensors. That's probably the play here. And so it'll just be kind of interesting. People have been liking those. A lot of people have been calling back for it. For it to return to the original iPhone design and kind of separated it from the rest of the market. The current the current iPhone designs, you know, they're, they're kind of moving, inching closer to looking like everybody else. So, so people like a little bit of differentiation, especially when they're paying for that luxury price point. Uh, a lot of people who like iPhones like that kind of thing. So... Now, now let's look into the future. You know, we look we looked in the future a little bit with the with the bundles and and talking about uh, where they could go with that and what Scott Galloway thinks. And now we have a report from a pretty reputable source, actually, the the uh, a Chinese report actually from Ming Chi Kuo. I've seen this name a couple times. He this person often reports on things. Apple is doing and what they plan to do in the future and apparently they are reading the release of the iPhone SE2 and new iPad Pro models for the first quarter of next year so if initially it was a rumor that these are coming out and now it's in a report that they are happening first quarter next year so that means the first couple months of next year 
right? And this is going to be pretty crazy. It's like a spring launch. So not even like the 10R when that came out in December slightly after the iPhone uh, 10. These are just going to drop, apparently. In the spring, I'm going to assume it's the spring event. I would assume it would be around March. Similar timing to, to some of their other to some of their other launches. So around March is when I would look for this. An iPhone SE 2. So what is iPhone SE? For those of you who don't know, it's it's their smaller, compact, more hand, more palm size device, lower spec sheet, lower price point. So what kind of price point are you talking about here? Four hundred dollars. That is a rumor that is floating around now. This device is gonna come in at four hundred dollars. And I think based on the way that the iPhone eleven came out, I think they are planning on this iPhone SE being even a cheaper mover into these other markets like India and those kind of things. So it's going to have even lower specs than the iPhone 11. And that's going to be disappointing. Honestly, if they come out with an even lower spec sheet, I'm going to be really disappointed if they don't come out with a very similar spec sheet. Honestly, they should have moved the AMOLED screen down to the 11 so that they could put the liquid retina on the SE. Um, but I think they're just going to make it a, a smaller version of the 11, downgrade the specs a little bit, drop the RAM, same same processor apparently, it's going to have the A13, um, but you know, just drop the RAM a little bit, drop the storage, drop the battery, drop uh, the picks, probably not the pick, probably not the screen, honestly, they'll probably stick the same because it'll just be easier, they already have, you know, that screen ready to go, so they just get it in a second size instead of getting whole new specifications and getting a whole new uh, part line for that. They are also apparently launching an AR headset in the second quarter, so that'll be the, the next three months of the year. And it'll have third-party brands to collaborate with. So what does this mean? We don't. We don't have much information on this in the in the report. It wasn't very clear as to what third-party brands will be coming in, what they'll be doing, what they'll be adding. Um, but the iPad Pro, we, we have some little bit of information on that on those new iPad Pro models. So apparently, they're going to have a rear-facing 3D time-of-flight sensor, similar to the True Depth camera system on the iPhone, and the iPad. It will help them get accurate depth data of the world around them. This will allow them to improve their AR experience, augmented reality, uh, having apps and those kinds of things. So, so the iPhone SE is so, so some website. Nick K. Nick Key. Nicky. I think that's how you say it. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, says that they're going to. Says. Goes even more specific. This was back in September. So this was back last month. They announced that, the, you know, an iPhone SE is going to be coming. And it's going to be a 4.7 inch display. Uh, very similar form factor to the iPhone 8 or the iPhone 7. Um. Hmm. Interesting. Which one is it going to be? Because the cool over here is leaning closer to the 4 and the 5 as as, as leading into maybe maybe they even drop this one as the 8 and they just save the design for the 4 and the 5 towards the, the iPhone 12. I could definitely see that happening. Um, you know, to just kind of differentiate, to re-differentiate the iPhone 12 and to, to re- to breathe some new life into their into their product lineup with a, a, a throwback to the past. So it's really just going to be a wait-and-see kind of situation here. 
they also suggested that a new MacBook with some scissor switch keys is going to be coming in the second quarter of 2020, same time as that AR headset. Um, and then, then they're going to transition that all. Then they're going to transition all MacBooks to the new scissor switch keyboard design in 2020 starting with the MacBook Pro in the fall of 2019. So uh, it'll just be interesting to see if they actually do these updates to these products when they say they're going to, and if they're going to drop these devices. Could I see them dropping an iPhone SE 2? Certainly. Would it be a good idea? Most definitely. Now is the time for Apple to try to do something to capitalize on their expansion that they've had. Apparently, the iPhone 11 is doing well. They have asked... I saw in an article they've asked their parts manufacturers to up their output by 10%. So those are promising numbers. And it'll really just be interesting to see when they close this quarter, the end of the year, beginning of next year, whenever they release the, the, the numbers. They don't release numbers, they release percentages now, which is kind of whack. But whenever they release the percentages to see how they're doing and, and then get the market, the analysts in the market, they're their estimations as to how much Apple is actually sold and shipped. But I think that's going to do it for today's podcast. So thank you for joining me for today's podcast. I know it's slightly delayed, but hey, here we are. We'll be back tomorrow. Look out for it. It'll probably be around the same time as usual that we normally drop podcast uh, around 10 o'clock. Sorry, around 11 o'clock Eastern, so slightly later. We'd usually drop it at 9, 9.30 Eastern. It's probably going to be close to 11 Eastern, given that I don't immediately get food after I get out of class, um, which I most likely will because I'm trying to catch that honey sesame chicken from Panda Express, and they were all out today. So if you guys catch some honey with sesame chicken, let a boy know, and I will come running. It was good last time, and hopefully it's really good this time. Review Bra, the report of the week, gave it a pretty positive rating. Uh, he said, you know when you hype up something so much compared to last time, it's not going to be the same. And that's fair, but still, hey, I'm looking to forward to someone he sends me chicken tomorrow. But as I was saying, that's going to do it for today's Real Tech Hours. Today we took a look, we took an in-depth look, I should say, at Apple, what they're doing now and where we think they're going in the future and then just covered some some basic articles for them like the Goldman Sachs with the Apple card and then the report the renders for the iPhone 12 as always you can find this podcast on Spotify Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts you can also find it on Anchor.fm Breaker Castbox Radio Public Overcast and TuneIn notice I removed SoundCloud from that list this time if you want to listen on SoundCloud only the first Five or six episodes are available on there. Everything else after that, you'll have to listen elsewhere. Follow the podcast on Twitter, at Real Tech Hours, to stay up to date with the latest podcast news and updates. If you have any questions, comments, or you want to reach out, you can send an email to realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com. It could be anything. Topic recommendations, articles, questions, comments, just about anything. Send an email to realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for joining me during these Real Tech Hours, and I will catch you all next time. Peace.